It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Insurrection is anti-American, host the President of the United States of the very country, by the way, that uh, was founded, and then he leads because of said insurrection. Was that the worst of the J6 takes? Well, I've got some thoughts. Also, TikTok is apparently manipulating anything bad against China from its platform here in America, or so studies are telling us, and I've got some thoughts on those studies. Also, Michigan brings home a national championship for its very starved maize and blue fan base and waves the banner of the Big Ten. And, well, sorry, Pat Oni, I had to pick the Wolverines, and I was right. But did it feel icky inside? That is a very, very good question. I'm Andrew Coppins. By the way, this is a Truth or Fiction Tuesday, and it's time for some critical thinking. Yes, indeed, folks, it is time for Critical Thinking. I am your host, Andrew Coppins. You can always follow me on X or Facebook. I'm at The Coppins Show. That's C-O-P-P-E-N-S. C-O-P-P-E-N-S for those that are new to the program and you're not watching on the Rumble channel or maybe you're not watching elsewhere um, vis-a-vis X or you're not listening via podcast or you are listening and you're curious as to how to pronounce my last name or how to spell it. That's how it gets done. It is a Truth or Fiction Tuesday here in the program, but we're doing it up just a wee bit different on today's program. Now, that all said, the thing that we're going to be doing different from a regular Truth or Fiction is I'm not just going to make some statements. I've I've got some thoughts on some things that have gone down, and I know that I missed yesterday, but I was completely under the weather uh, dealing with a headache um, that which bright lights that actually light this ugly mug up um, would have been a big problem. So uh, we are here today on the heels of the Michigan Wolverines winning a national championship. So congratulations to them. Sorry, um, it, that, that just pains me to say, but uh, the Big Ten winning a, a national championship, well, technically they would have won either way because either the Washington Huskies win, and and then as they move to the Big Ten, the Big Ten has the reigning, defending, undefeated, undisputed national champion, or it had already in its midst the reigning, defending, somewhat disputed national champions, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, first things first here, I mentioned insurrection up front, and that's where I wanted to go because I have some thoughts. Right? There were loads of online reactions, threads, and all of that wonderful stuff. But I really am left wondering what that day really meant. And will it eventually mean anything or everything in the history books and how this history of the United States of America is written going forward? I'm still left wondering a lot. 
historically speaking, presently speaking, in terms of what our government is or isn't doing and what they were or were not culpable for and capable of that day, there are a lot of questions that deserve answers. But with that being said, let's just go here. The January 6th takes. Nobody needed, but we got anyway. And I'm going to start with this from President Joseph Marionette Biden. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-America. Now, that one immediately went to my brain of, hold up, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Who wants to tell them how this country was founded? And that is a right take, because the reality is that the United States of America is not the United States of America without the Sons of Liberty, a well-organized, a principled fellowship putting its life on the line, their lives on the line, and literally creating an uprising, an insurrection, whatever you want to call it. We call it the revolution. They call it treason. Why? Right? Have you ever considered that? Apparently, our president doesn't consider it. On the other hand, I will give him some grace here. I know, shocking. Because following said insurrection, the American government really has hated insurrection against it. Shays Rebellion, the Whiskey Rebellion, the Civil War, Texas, New York, lest you forget that New York at one point in time tried to secede from the Union. Bet you didn't know that one because it's not really taught in your mainstream American civics or history books. But I'm counting at least four, four attempted insurrections, actual insurrections, that were put down by the American government. Also, lest we forget that within a decade or so of us throwing the tyranny of monarchy and taxation without representation and all that off, throwing the yoke of the colonization, if you will, of this country off, creating a new one, we were already within a decade debating how much central government versus how little central government should we have. Some would say that debate has been raging on ever since. I'm not so sure that's actually the case. But I digress. The point of the matter is this. The American Revolution was exactly an insurrection. There is no question about it. There have been multiple attempts at insurrection in this country ever since, whether that was a whiskey tax, whether that was payment and land and things that were due to the soldiers of the Revolutionary War, which, by the way, if we wanted to go down that rabbit hole, we have a very long history of not taking care of the very people who gave us this country, who continue to fight for this country, who have fought and died and done all sorts of things for this country. We have a very long, in fact, it's almost as long as we've been a country, history of that. But I digress. I'm not going to go further down that rabbit hole. But what took place on January 6th of 2021 was not an insurrection. I don't know what yet to call it. I don't. An uprising, a outburst of angst. But what I do know is that this was not, and I repeat, not 
an insurrection. It doesn't meet the criteria for that in any way, shape, or real form. That is the reality of this. But there was actually a worse take from Joe Biden on that day. And it came in this form. One desperate act available to him. The violence of January the 6th. And since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively, to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. And what's Trump done? Instead of calling them criminals, he's called these, these insurrectionists patriots. They're patriots. And he promised to pardon them if he returns to office. Trump said that there was a lot of love on January the 6th. The rest of the nation, including law enforcement, saw a lot of hate and violence. One Capitol Police officer called it a medieval battle. That same officer called vile rape, was called vile racist names. He said he was more afraid. So I'm going to be careful on this because on the one hand, do I understand if you know the first tweet, right? If you know that that post happened on X, excuse me, not tweet, but that post on X happened, right? That he believes that this was an insurrection. If that is the case, wouldn't you want to be celebrating the fact that you've caught multitudes of the insurrectionists and they're all in jail and they're paying a price and, and see, we're, we're making an example out of you. Don't ever try this again to the American people. On the flip side of this, and the reason why I find this to be a pathetic, milly-mouthed, terrible take, is that not just wasn't this an insurrection, but this, these are fellow Americans who were voicing some cases stupidly, in some cases violently, yes, that existed, obviously on January 6th, but they were voicing their displeasure with the American government. And wasn't that the entire point of exactly what the revolution and the revolutionary era would tell you. The Declaration of Independence tells us there's a redress of grievances. Now, I would suggest that the violent redress of your grievances to a government is probably not a smart solution, not something that I would take on, not something that I would do, but a redress of your grievances is exactly what should be being done here. And that's what they were doing. The government simply wasn't answering, wasn't paying attention, wasn't looking, whatever you want to say about it. But if we are to heal, if we are to go forward, if we are to bring a country back around the principles of constitutionality, the principles that we're supposed to be about. If that is the case, why are you celebrating this? Lest we forget what took place with Lincoln after the Civil War. They made the 14th Amendment so that those types of individuals couldn't hold federal office, absolutely. But he worked to heal. He worked to bring together a country much, much more divided. Much more divided. Families decimated, divided, torn apart. Literally, figuratively, whatever have you. Some on one side, the other on the other side. Brothers fighting brothers, blah, 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 blah. 
the realities of that war, we were able to come back. And it wasn't by demonizing opponents for political redress of grievances. It was those who actually created the physical violence of the Civil War that had some sort of punishment in front of them, absolutely. But read your Reconstructionist history. If you actually believe this to have been an insurrection, deal with it, heal, move forward. Here we are three years later, and you are bragging about what the quote-unquote other side feels to be illegitimate government persecution of a political opposition. How do you heal from that? How do you come back from that? Leadership. Instead, we have celebratory... Ha ha ha, we put all these people in jail. You know who you're celebrating putting in jail, by and large? Grandma and Grandpa, who took a stroll, escorted vis-a-vis all of the available footage today, escorted through the Capitol by the Capitol Police in no fear whatsoever, period, point blank. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to tell you about that. Other than to tell you that if you continue to celebrate the persecution of your or or prosecution of your political opponents nothing good comes of it other than if they are literally breaking the law and then yeah okay what well, mercy grace healing if your goal is unification or is it domination now, speaking of unification, domination, all of that sort of stuff, insurrection, blah, 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 blah. I want to give you a hint because in two days' time, right here on the program, we're going to have Oran McIntyre of The Blaze talking to us about political power, political math, if you will, talking to us about liberty, talking to us about political formulas. And, and we're actually going to talk in stark terms and thought and think through, excuse me, and thinking through where we are, where we have been, where we're going, and the realities in front of us. And I think you're going to have a very interesting conversation between Oran and myself um, to thought, full people, to thought leaders, if you want to say that, um, in this movement of liberty. So I think you're going to have a very interesting conversation at your hand come Thursday's program on a deep dive Thursday. But we're not done with the January 6th insanity because um, this happened on MSNBC. I'm going to try to get through this. Um, thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. Uh, literally, cry, uh, literally crying on air over this. Uh, I I just can't. I just cannot. That's insane. That is a sign of an absolute mental patient. Period. Point blank should be nowhere near the airwaves. That is flat-out nuts. Now, do we have to compare January 6th to 1776 and the, the revolutionary era? And that's what... No. That's also insane. Also insane is this was all an inside job and a total setup. And we, ha we can't forget this day either on the other side. We can't let it go on the other side because this was all about the federal government setting us up. 
It was an inside job. Were there conditions set up by the federal government? Um, it appears to be, right? Does it appear that they escalated an already escalating situation? Absolutely, when we see the canisters being <clears throat> accidentally fired, the tear excuse me, the tear gas canisters being fired, right? We've seen that. But folks, you had the ability to say no to entering the Capitol. Did you or did you not? Or were you just part of the mob mentality? And that's really where I come down on this as I think through it is that, yeah, it was the mob of January 6th. That's what it was. It was a ticked off political mob wound up by, yes, the president of the United States in his speech. Absolutely wound up by people who had zero proof of any of the claims that they had been making since the election. And by the way, still to this day, cannot come up with an actual scintilla iota of the proof of what they claimed to have taken place. And again, we've gone back and forth on this by we, I mean, Pat and I, time in memoriam. Yes, the election was stolen, but it was not stolen the way Rudy Giuliani and and um, all of the, the other people that were involved in telling us tall tales throughout November into December wanted us to believe it to be. Instead, the reality of this situation is this. It is flat out 100% a reality that Donald Trump, through the CARES Act and through other means, allowed this election to be stolen with mail-out balloting, with just indiscriminate electioneering and, and everything that took place that was largely allowed under state laws because of the loosening of the federal side of things. Oh, but, but COVID, again, go all the way back to April of that year, 2020, take a look at the half a million people that went to the polls to cast ballots in the Democratic primary or in the Republican primary, although I don't know why you would have with Donald Trump on the ballot, but whatever. Went and cast their ballot for whomever. 17 of 500,000 came back positive. No clue. Not a single one of them could they immediately trace to getting it at that moment in time. And that, folks, is the heart of the issue in front of us. This is absolutely the problem. Absolutely the problem that is in front of us. Now, we can sit there and say this was stolen right out in front in the open. All we want. Because we have proof of it. Right? We have large proof of ballot stuffing. We have large proof of them just mail-out balloting and returning anybody and everybody, people who are dead, not dead, but haven't lived in the state for 30 years, blah, 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 blah. We've got all of that. But what we don't have is what Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and others told us they had. That's what I mean by the mob ginned up, by the lies heated up, by a belief in something that really wasn't actually true. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But here's my ultimate question when it comes to this. I want to leave here. 100 years from now, what is actually going to be said about that day, January 6, 2021? Now, I actually think the answer, or a lot of the answer, is actually where this country goes in this year and beyond. If we actually stay as a constitutional republic, January 6th of 2021 may become just a blip in the blip on the radar, and it might be something that's mentioned along the lines of like the contested 2020 election, including, um, you know, thousands of people or hundreds of people or whatever entering the Capitol and uh, one person named Ashley Babbitt uh, dying on that day. But if we do not, and if there's a consolidation of power around Joseph Marionette Biden and the federal bureaucracy in this election and going forward, I fervently believe that this is the quote-unquote inflection point then in the History books, January 6, 2021, the inflection point that history marks as when everything changed and we had to go away from our constitutional republic to save the republic or something of that nature. That's the reality of that. Un- I don't see how the history books go middle ground. Either it's an absolute blip on the radar 100 years from now. Nobody cares about it. It didn't change anything other than that particular small portion of our history. Or it becomes that inflection point because the people in control need that narrative to stay in control. That's where I think we're at. What say you? Again, do not forget, you can follow on X or on Facebook at The Coppins Show. Or you can always leave a comment below, whether you're watching on X or on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, or you could comment or rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Just that simple, folks. That's all you need to do to interact with this show. All right. With that being said, now is a great time to also remind you of our favorite sponsor on the program, That is our fine friends over at coffeebrandcoffee.com. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com where they care about coffee, small batch, fresh roasted coffee, delivered right to you. And you can do so and get 10% off of your purchase by using the code CRITICALTHINKER. Just that simple. CRITICALTHINKER, 10% off at checkout for a coffee company that cares more about its coffee than their politics, your politics, or anybody's politics for that matter. A refreshing and refreshing. That's right, refreshing coffee and a refreshing take in the coffee business. So with that, make sure you're supporting people who just don't want to insult you but give you good product. That That's kind of where we need to be in my view, as a society. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout for 10% off of your purchase today. Again, that is coffeebrandcoffee.com. My favorite is the bourbon, by the way, but try a flavor or no flavors. They're fantastic. Again, coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout for 10% off of that purchase today. Okay, so moving on from crying and bragging and not understanding insurrection and that America's history or sordid history with insurrection. Um, we're going to move on to people not understanding how to um, read data. That's right, folks, because TikTok, yes, folks, what if this narrative that is on about TikTok and suppression of anti-Chinese rhetoric. What if the narrative isn't actually supported by the data? Just just hear me out on this. What if the narrative is not supported by the data? 
Well, it turns out that that's exactly what's going on because we have this from Reason Magazine. The big flaws in that study suggesting that China manipulates TikTok topics. And it's something like this, at least from the perspective of the, um, the, the people taking a look at it and saying that, oh my God, China's manipulating data to be pro-China or at least scrubbing anti-China content on its American version of its app. Quote, hopefully members of Congress will take a look at this report and maybe bring the authors to Washington to give testimony about their findings, wrote John Sexton at Hot Air. The study, quote, suggests that the next generation will have a, had will have had a significant portion of their news content spoon-fed to them by a communist dictatorship, fretted Leon Wolf at Blaze Media. Quote, TikTok suppression study is another reason to ban the app, declared a Washington Examiner editorial. So folks, that's the backdrop to all of this. And I thought to myself, well, self, there's got to be, I don't know, the study we could look at. What a novel concept. And you would be right, by the way. You would absolutely be right. There is a study to look at in the actual data. And um, the fine folks over at Reason um, noted some flaws. In the study, the Network Contagion Research uh, Institute compared the use of specific hashtags on Instagram owned by the U.S. company Meta and on TikTok owned by the Chinese company ByteDance. The analysis included hashtags related both to general subjects and to China-sensitive topics, such as Uyghurs, Tibet, and Tiananmen Square, while ratios for non-sensitive topics, e.g. general political and pop culture, generally followed user ratios of 2 to 1, Ratios for topics sensitive, uh, topics sensitive to the Chinese government were much higher at greater than 10 to 1, states a report titled A TikTok, uh, TikToking Time Bomb, How TikTok's Global Platform Anomalies Align with Chinese Communist Party's Geostrategic Objectives. Interesting, right? Interesting, except for, well, um, when you read, um, here are two, um, I don't know if you want to call them major flaws, I do. Um, number one, the study does not account for the length of time that the apps have been around. And this is important, and I'll get into it. But the biggest flaw is not accounting for difference in user profiles between the two apps. So let's just break it down a little bit here because the reason does it as well. It notes the following. Most notably, this is going to the flaw of not accounting for time of the app's existence. Most notably, the researchers fail to account for differences in how long the two social networks in question have been around. Instagram launched nearly seven years before TikTok's international launch and nearly six years before TikTok existed at all and introduced hashtags a few months thereafter in January of 2011. Yet the researchers' data collection process does not seem to account for the different launch dates, nor does their report even mention the disparity. Now, you might say, well, so what? But Reason reached out to the study authors last week to ask about this, but have not re received a response. Now, here's, here's the rub on all of this, okay? If you are somebody like me who knows data analysis, who does data analysis, this is a major flaw. And why? It's a major flaw because over the course of those seven years, the users of Instagram have matured. They have a much larger time frame to have talked about these specific topics, right? Whether that's the Uyghurs, whether that is Tiananmen Square and its anniversary, da 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 da. There was no accounting for, no, like, hey, since TikTok came about, let's take a look at the at the users. That might be an actually fair representation of this, but you still would have to take into account the number of people using Instagram, right? You still would have to take into account the number of people using TikTok. You would still have to take into account a number of other factors to get you to an outcome that can make some sense. This 10 to 1 supposed information. Number one, you are, you are gathering data that is over the course of seven more years, Instagram has had seven more years to take on 
data points of those specific hashtags that you were looking for or user post or whatever have you. They have seven years more data to collect. Did you account for that? Doesn't appear that way to me. It doesn't appear that way to the people of Reason Magazine as well. We have come to the same conclusion based off of what was in the data. When I reverse engineer this, I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You are just garbage data in and spitting garbage data out because you've collected everything. You have not siphoned it out. You have not said, okay, prior to TikTok, this would be a really good question to ask. Prior to TikTok, what was the occurrence on Instagram of topics of this nature? How many times was it, how many hashtags per user or mentions per user, whatever you want to use? How many? And then since TikTok, how many on Instagram? Now, the second flaw in this comes from this. The researchers also failed to account for the fact that Instagram and TikTok users are not identical. This is, again, from Reason, if you're not watching on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking or over on X. This leads them to, quote unquote, miss the potential for generational cohort effects, suggested Matsko. In short, the median user of Instagram is older than the median user of TikTok. Compare the largest segment of users by age on each platform. 25% of TikTok users in the U.S. are ages 10 to 19, while 27.4% of Instagram users are 25 to 34. I don't know about you, but that is a slight difference. I don't know about you, but that matters. Why? Because if you're asking a political question, okay, again, I'm going to put this number up for you. The number of TikTok users at 10 to 19 is 25%, while over a quarter of Instagram users are 25 to 34. Now, at that age, are they more or less likely to be talking politics on Instagram? Yeah, they actually are more likely in that 25 to 34, especially because I don't know a 10-year-old who's talking politics on TikTok. I know some young teenage people that are doing that, but it is the vast minority of them. This is more general pop culture, um, maybe other geopolitical topics or not even geopolitical topics, but like cultural political topics vis-a-vis, I don't know, trans everything or gender ideology or... DEI or whatever you want to call it. Okay. That's likely where they lean. But when I go further into this and when I've dug into this, right. TikTok noted that a hashtag being used millions of times could mean nothing because if it's used by low follower accounts, the video gets few views, right? It's how the algorithm It's the intensity of it. And TikTok noted as much in a recent press release about Israel-Palestine content. Quote, the number of videos associated with a hashtag alone do not provide sufficient context. For example, the hashtag Stand With Israel may be associated with fewer videos than Free Palestine, but it had 68% more views per video in the U.S., which means more people are seeing the content. And that's the question. And maybe that's the third fatal flaw is looking at hashtag usage instead of video viewing. Because we have a like for like reels and TikTok, Instagram reels, TikTok. Now they're different in the algorithms and how you get to go viral and blah, 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 blah. But Would you like your video of standing with Israel to be seen 68% more than the free Palestine videos? Yeah, 
because it has a greater influence than the hashtag. A search of the hashtag means nothing. Unless it actually is something very specific that you're looking for. This generalized nature is not good in this study. Now, furthermore, let's just put it this way. Let's take the finding that Instagram had many more Ukraine-supportive posts than TikTok. Well, yeah, there were 12 Instagram posts with the, quote, stand with Ukraine hashtag for every one of them that are on TikTok. And 4.2 Instagram posts with save Ukraine hashtag for every one save Ukraine TikTok post. Some of those differences, as Reason points out, might stem from the fact that Instagram was around in 2014 when Russia annexed Crimea from Ukraine, when TikTok was not around. And even if we can assume that the most of the hashtags relate to the more recent conflict, we're left with the fact that Instagram's users are older than TikTok's users. It wouldn't be surprising if 20 and 30-somethings are more likely to post about Ukraine than tweens and teens. Now, by the way, you, you can find all sorts of content on both of those apps, right? But they have developed distinct cultures, distinct protocols, all of it, right? Which makes trying to compare them kind of a very hazy scenario. How about this? Instagram and TikTok posts with political hashtags. The number of posts with political hashtags on Instagram is more than twice that on TikTok. The hashtag Trump and BLM are the most prominent on both platforms. Trump, BLM, Donald Trump, MAGA, Republican, conservative. Biden coming in at uh Fourth or fifth on the TikTok, maybe third. Let me take a look real quick. Yep, third. Followed by, wait for it, MAGA, Republican, conservative, Trump 2024. The point of all of this is to say that the general pop culture and political hashtags was actually fairly low. 2.2 to one ratio for 14 pop culture hashtags and a 2.6 ratio for 18 political hashtags. For instance, there were 19.4 hashtag POTUS posts, 3.8 hashtag Harry Styles posts, 6.8 pro-life posts, and 0.6 hashtag Trump 2024 posts on Instagram for everyone on TikTok. Now, why would this matter? Because wouldn't that be something that China, if they're wanting to manipulate and become pro-China, wouldn't they want to manipulate away from Donald Trump, away from all of that? And the Trump 2024 in the conservative subset that exists on TikTok, wouldn't they want to suppress that? Except for they're not. At the end of the day, if you want to make the case that China owning and manipulating or having anything to do with the American version of TikTok is bad. I'm with you on that. I do think it is bad because they have the ability to manipulate. They have the ability, but are they doing it? Right now, the data suggests not really. It is definitely a possibility that they could be manipulating anti-China content from being seen on the American side of the platform. That is absolutely true. But this study being used by politicians is one of the most flawed studies I have ever seen. It is right up there with IHME and the Imperial College modeling of COVID-2020. That's how bad this is. It was trash data coming in, always going to give you trash results because they weren't thinking these people were not thinking through the mindset of users and importance in that user base. They were not looking at it from a perspective of understanding the importance of the user base, 
the length of time, the protocols. There were no, no indications that they had put in place any guide rails for any of that. They did not look out for that. I suggest you go to reason.com and take a look at the entirety of this, but just know this was an absolute trash, and I mean trash, study. Now, speaking of trash, some might say the team that won last night, you know, the Michigan Wolverines, um, are, are they the cheaters or are they the best? Or could they be both or something in between? I think that's a very valid question to be asking at this point in time. The reality is Michigan first quarter, fourth quarter curb stomped and then in between uh, kind of allowed Washington every opportunity to get into the game and they couldn't of their own volition get into the game. But here's why I come down on this. The people who say everybody signs steals, you are right. The problem with Michigan's sign stealing is how it was done. Not that it was done. It was how. It is as blatant a violation of the spirit and letter of the rules of the game as I have ever seen outside of literally stealing somebody else's playbook, outside of manipulating somebody's internal data or or hacking a playbook, right, on an iPad or whatever. Short of that, this is the alleged grossest misconduct I have seen. It goes to the very heart of competition. But... That having been said, with the damage already been done and most everybody knowing all of this, they went undefeated. They crushed Washington, and they won. It is very much humanly possible for them to have been the worst of the cheaters and also the best on the field, very much so. They beat Ohio State. They beat Penn State, they beat Alabama, and then they beat down Washington for a national championship. At what point does the excuse of, well, they could have cheated, not become an excuse, especially when you're Washington and and you've had time to change signals and know that you need to do this or that or, or whatever else have you? At what point? Now, does that mean that we have to celebrate them for being righteous winners? No. But on the field, they won. They're the best team in college football. Absolutely are. They they beat every big challenge that was put in front of them this year. They had a coach suspended for six games, who may or may not, I don't know, leave for the NFL. And reading some of the tea leaves of the people I know inside college football, I would lean towards him leaving because I don't know if he wants to deal with the rigmarole and the potential for even harsher NCAA situation. I don't think he wants to deal with that. I don't think he wants the distraction. I think he could hand it off to uh, the offense coordinator or whomever. And he's left Michigan on the field in a much much better place than when he left it. And that's the reality. They have talent everywhere. Their offensive line for over a decade prior to him getting there, and he had to build this up when he got there, was absolute trash. And last night, it was far from trash. Uh, What they did in pouncing on uh, the Huskies in that first quarter, that offensive line beat Pete Washington down. It was just incredible what happened there. So I'm going to say congratulations to Michigan for being the best team on the field. Off the field, clean your act up and compete like everybody else. Again, sign stealing during a game is a thing, but if you don't want it to happen, there's a very simple solution to the in-game situation. 
put the headsets in in direct communication. No more signs. Just direct communication between... Well, but, but Andrew, uh, you can uh, do things to jam signals. You're right. Well, guess what? If your headset doesn't work, so does your opponent's not work. Uh, but they could uh, they could be listening in. Um, there's technology that can block that. Invest in it. You're about to sign over a billion dollars for the college football playoff contract if you if the rumors are true for the next six years at ESPN. A billion dollars for college football's playoff. Let's do that math. All right. All that being said, I hope each and every single one of you have a great day. And we will be back with WTF Wednesday tomorrow. Until then, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals, and as always, Matthew, 547. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.